So go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Genesis 32. Genesis 32. Nice thing is it's elevated, so it's a little warmer up here than it is down there. <laughs> so Genesis 32, we, we find Jacob, uh, and in fact, Jacob is one of the most, um, what do I want to call it, the most uh, cynical, the most... Um, mysterious person in the Old Testament. At this point in time, he's about 77 years old, uh, and yet, after 77 years, he's still at the point with his brother Esau that he wants to kill him. Esau wants Jacob dead, and at this point, Isaac, his, their father, is pretty close to being die, dead, uh, and like I said, Esau wants him to be dead, uh, and Jacob has spent years upon years with his uncle Laban. Uh, he's been living and working for Laban. Uh, God has blessed Laban and Jacob through this time, very much increased uh, Jacob's worth, increased Jacob's um, determination, uh, kind of ran Jacob through some ringers, realizing that uh, uncle Laban's more of a cheat than I am, uh, and he's learned this to the point that in chapter 32, he Jacob finally realizes and goes, you know, I'm done with this. I've, I've got a large family. I want to leave and start my own. Uh, I, I want to get outside of being under Uncle Laban, and I want to do my own thing, live my family's life. And we pick up um, verse, year uh, 32, look quickly at uh, 31... So he, Jacob is running from his uncle, uh, gets about seven days ahead of him. Uh, and is it 30? 29? 29. So, so Laban finally catches Jacob after seven days of running after him. Verse 29, Laban says, It is in the power of my hand to do you hurt. But the Lord, the God of your father, spake unto me yesternight, saying, Take thou heed that thou not that thou speak not to Jacob, either good or bad. What Jacob did was he, uh, as scheming as he always is, he figured a plan to increase his herd uh, with his cattle, with his goats, and figured out that if he did certain things and fed his cattle and goats a certain way, that he could grow his and almost steal Laban's uh, cattle, goats, his herds, and make them his own. And he gets to the point where he's like, okay, now I've got enough of Laban's, I'm leaving. And so he rises up early in the morning without telling anybody and takes his entire family, his wives, his kids, his, all his stuff, and leaves running from Laban. And, and we find him in... 29, that Laban catches up to him and says, hey, listen, what, what did you do? I mean, you didn't even say goodbye. You didn't even let me tell my daughters goodbye. And you stole stuff from me. And Laban says there, I have all the right to hurt you. I mean, I, I could punish you. I could do really whatever I would like to from what you've done to me. But it says, God has told me not to touch you. God's protected you. Jacob, 
you should be thankful to your Lord because if it was unto me, I'd, I'd hurt you for what you did to me. Let's pick up in 32, uh, verse 1. And Jacob went on his way, and the angels of God met him. And when Jacob saw them, he said, This is God's host. And he called the name of that place Mahananam. And Jacob sent messengers before him to Esau, his brother, under the land of Seir, the country of Edom. And he, com he commanded them, saying, Thus shall ye speak unto my lord Esau. Thy servant Jacob saith thus, I have sojourned with Laban, and stayed there until now. And I have oxen and asses, flocks and men servants and women servants. And I have set to tell my lord that I may find grace in thy sight. And the messengers returned to Jacob, saying, We come to thy brother Esau. We came to thy brother Esau, and also he cometh to meet thee, and four hundred men with him. Then Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed, and he divided the people that was with him, and the flocks, and the herds, and the camels into two bands, and said, If Esau come to the one company and smite it, then the other company which is left shall escape. And Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham, and God of my father Isaac, the Lord which says unto me, Return unto thy country and to thy kindred, and I will deal with thee, I will deal well with thee. I am not worthy of the least of all the mercies, and of all the truth which thou hast showed unto thy servant. For with my staff I passed over the Jordan, and now I am become two bands. Deliver me, I pray thee, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him, lest he will come and smite me and the mother, of the, and the mother with the children. And thou saidst, I will surely do thee good, and make thy seed as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for multitude. And he lodged there that same night and took of, and took of that which came to his hand a present for Esau, his brother. And he goes through and tells exactly how many goats and he goats and she goats and camels and everything as he's sending as a gift to Esau. Uh, and he tells them to go before me and, and give it to them. Uh, and we'll skip down to twenty-two. And he rose up that night and took his two wives and his two women servants and his eleven sons, and passed over the ford Jabbok. And he took them and sent them over the brook, and sent them over that he had. And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint, as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, and he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. And he said unto him, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. And Jacob asked him and said, Tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And he said, Wherefore is it that thou dost ask for my name? And he blessed him there. And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. And as he passed over Peniel, Peniel, the sun rose upon him, and he halted upon his thigh. 
Let's pray and we'll, we'll uh, get into this lesson real quick. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much for uh, being able to uh, be here in your house this morning to uh, have the opportunity to hear your word. Lord, I pray that you uh, be with this lesson. I pray that you give me the words you want me to say and uh, we'd be able to learn how to trust in you and, and have the faith that we need. Lord, I thank you again for all that you do. In your name I ask, amen. So first we, so chapter 32, he's running for his life. Seven days, basically, Jacob is running from Laban, looking over his shoulder. I, I'd have to say he's a little uh, on stress, pretty stressed out. Uh, he realizes what he just did, stole all of Laban's flock and everything. And he gets to the point where he, it says Laban overtakes him. And, and you can imagine the the heartbeat and stress level of Jacob is quite high at this point. And then Laban tells him, I was going to do you harm, but God told me not to. And it, it's, it's almost as though God is saying, don't worry, I got you. I, I know you did wrong, but I told you to leave. Earlier in chapter 32, he tells Jacob to go back to his father's country, go back to Canaan. And so he obeys and leaves, and God says, I'm, I'm going to be with you. And he proves that when Laban catches him, and Laban says, I'm not going to do you harm because God told me not to. Whew. All right, I, I feel a little bit better. My stress level is a little bit lower. In fact, after he, uh, if you look at just above uh, chapter 32, uh, 31, verse 54, then Jacob offered sacrifice upon the mount and called his brethren to eat bread, and they did eat bread and tarried all night in the mount. He, he worships God and sacrifices to God, saying, basically, thank you for sparing my life. It, it was because of you that I am still living. So now we jump to 32, and as we enter here, he, he's, he's starting to realize, I'm going to have to see my brother. At some point in time, I'm going to get to my country that God wants me to go to. I'm going to have to see my brother. Last thing I remember and ever see or heard from him was he wants me dead. And the stress from Laban now turns into the stress with Esau. And you can imagine he's, he's starting to get worried again. But verse 1 of 32, God, God does something that tries to tell him, don't worry about it. God brings the invisible angels and those around him visible. It says, and Jacob went on his way, and the angels of God met him. It was almost as though God was saying, don't worry. We're with you. You, you, you worried about Laban? I, I took care of that. You're worrying about Esau? We're here with you. Don't worry. Don't, don't try to do all this stress and everything and worry on your own. I've got it handled. In fact, God tells him to go to the land. And I said this before, but if God tells you to go somewhere and go do something, God is going to get you to that place and allow you to be there. So you shouldn't be worried about getting to that place. But, and then we, we move down and we, we, we see that Jacob uh, uh, names the, the place because he... he he realizes God's with me because I'm doing this. And we, we almost get to the point where 
through Jacob's life, we've always seen him scheming, trying to get one over, trying to do everything on his own to, to get, steal the birthright, to steal Laban's fortune and everything. And we get to this point, and we verse, verse 9 of 32. And Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac, the Lord which says to me, Return unto thy, my, thy country and thy, to thy kindred, and I will deal well with thee. He, he prays to the Lord and, and reiterates, God, you promised me this. And we almost see a turning point where we're like, wow, okay, Jacob's finally going to start having faith in God and, and believing that God's going to take care of everything and God's going to get him through everything. Because and, and Jacob's at this point where he can go back to being scheming Jacob or he can trust God. And God's given him sign after sign after sign that God's with him. And to the point where Jacob understands that and says, listen, Lord, you, you told me to go. You said that my seed will be numerous above the, uh, verse 12. And now says, I will surely do, good, do thee good and make thy seed as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for multitude. He knows the promises from God. And it almost is like, wow, all right, if we ended the chapter right there at verse 12, wow, we'd be saying, all right, Jacob, good job. Jacob has learned his lesson and is now trusting in God. But then verse 13 happens. And we realize that Jacob runs right back to being scheming Jacob. We, We start reading that, Instead of trusting God, he's going to start, okay, I've got to make a present for him, for Esau. I've got to put all these things together and, and make a, a present and gift and try to appease him and calm him down and say, look at all I'm giving to you. Could you? In fact, it's, it's interesting because God did all this work to make him rich and how quick he is to give it all away to try to do it on his own. And that's one thing I think is is something that we can easily remember that with God, you'll be a lot richer if you do it God's way. Not financially, but you'll be a lot richer through God unless you do it your own way and you give everything away. And and we, we see that Jacob goes right back to being scheming Jacob, trying to figure out, okay, how can I make it to where when I see Esau, he's he's not as angry. He might still be angry with me, but he's not ready to kill me. Uh, he, he wants, he realizes Esau's not going to just be like, oh, hey! He, he's expecting to have anger, but he just doesn't want to have to die. So he tries to figure out, okay, if I send him all this stuff, if I, I call him Lord, I send my servants to give him all these gifts and everything, and he's doing all this stuff in his head, and it's almost when you read the passage, it, it's, it's almost interesting. When we get down to verse 30, uh, no, 24. And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. It's almost as though that was just random. Like he's doing all this stuff, working all this scheme out and trying to do this stuff. And then all of a sudden, he wrestles a person, a man. And it was like, as I read it the first time, I was like, wow, this this kind of just feels out of place. I mean, it, it just feels like it was just thrown in there. And then we're back, back to the story. 
he, he's trying to meet Esau, randomly meets and wrestles somebody, and then he's right back to trying to meet and deal with Esau. But I think what it is, is God finally needs to slap Jacob to the point where you're trying to scheme everything. If, if, you, if you have kids, and a lot of times they get so focused on something, and you're trying to say, hey, 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 you have to smack them upside the head to say, hey, listen, and they, okay, I'm listening. I almost feel that's what God is doing here. Jacob's so focused on his plan, trying to figure out how is he going to deal with making Esau not so mad and everything, that God has to come down and slap Jacob and say, stop, stop all this thinking, listen to me. I protected you from Laban. I gave you that sign. I made you rich. You just gave it all away, but I made you rich. Then right when you're starting on this journey, I show you, I open your eyes, and I, I let you see that there's angels here with you. And they're, they're protecting you. They're constantly going with you. And you reminded me that I, I promised your fathers that I'd get you to the Canaan land. I'd make you a great nation. And yet you still go back to this. You still go back to figuring out how am I going to do it. And so often we, through life, we, we know God's promises. We know that we need to trust him. We know that we need to have faith. And yet when problems happen, it's so quickly that we jump back to our own ways. And in fact, it's interesting. Jacob is the father, turns in, he is Israel. And it's, it's interesting that Jacob's tendencies are Israel's tendencies. We, we see over and over in the Old Testament, children of Israel are, are praising and worshiping God. They come into a problem. They turn their back on God. God has to send a, a famine or somebody to come uh, destroy them and to capture them and they go under bondage and then they cry out and they come back to God and, and it's this cycle through the entire Old Testament that they, they love God, they fall away from God, God sends a, another country to take them over, they get servants and then they, it, it's just a constant circle and it's almost the same way that Jacob is. J Jacob loves God and then he, he gets a little issue and he goes away from God and tries to do it on his own and then has to, God has to put him in a situation where, hey, you, you have to trust me. There's no other way. That's one of the reasons why when you're, when you're meeting somebody uh, that's going to kill you, your first defense is to run. Uh, back then they didn't have guns, so you'd have to outrun an arrow or a javelin, but I'm pretty sure most of the thing that you're going to worry about is a sword when you meet Esau. And so Jacob, I'm sure in the back of his mind, goes, all right, if it goes south, I'm booking it. I'm out of here. What does God do? He makes him lame. I mean, he can still walk, but he, he, he ain't outrunning nobody at this point. He, he's the hollow, which I had to go look up. What is the hollow of your, it's the inner thigh. It's basically his one leg, he's going to be hobbling around with a cane for the rest of his life. And it's a, a reminder to him that I need to trust God for everything instead of trusting myself. But also, I think God did it that way, so, hey, your option of running, gone. You're going to hobble up to Esau. 
you got to trust me. The power is all taken away from Jacob at this point. And, and all his, he still has his whole scheme of giving him all this stuff that's already happened. So he can't get all that back. After you've already tried something on your own, you've gone through things on your own, that's gone. That, that's in the past. You can't get it back. Esau doesn't, after everything turns out okay, Esau doesn't go, oh, you know, all the gifts and everything, you can have all that back. No, J Jacob lost that. And, and we have to realize that if, again, if, if it ended at chapter, uh, verse 12, and he would have just trusted God, he wouldn't have lost all that. But we have to trust the Lord and trust that he's going to take it through. Uh, so we see that he's, he's stressed. God shows him exactly, listen, I'm here with you. I'm, you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be fearful. We, last couple lessons we've talked about fear being something that the devil uses easily to stop you from being able to do uh, what God wants you to do. Uh, and it's, it's interesting, it never really says who the man is in, in this specific verse that he struggles with. Uh, he knows that he's, uh, let's see, for, uh, verse 30, And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. He, he knows it's God. Hosea 12, 4 says, Yea, he had power over the angel and prevailed. He wept and made supplication unto him. He found him in Bethel, and there he spake with us. In context, that's Jehovah he's wrestling with. He's, he's wrestling possibly with Jesus Christ, just like uh, when Joshua met the angel of the Lord, was possibly Jesus Christ before he was uh, a bodily uh, figure. But he realizes that his opponent that he's fighting with is, mo is more than just, just another person. When he becomes lame, he realizes, I've, I've got a, this is somebody that's not just another man wrestling with me. And he asks him to bless him. And, and God has to get him to this point to where you can't do it on your own. And in fact, he, he doesn't just leave it at, you can't do it on your own, trust me, and just continue on. He changes Jacob. Jacob is a deceiver. Jacob means deceiver. And he changes his name from deceiver to Israel, a prince. It has to go, when, when we trust God, we have to realize that our old nature has to change. And when we get saved, it is changed. But our name is changed with it. And that we have to realize that I'm not the same as I used to be. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not what I ha You still have the faults. You still have all the problems. But now you have a different look on it. Because now you're not, you're not the deceiver. Everybody knows me as the deceiver. Everybody knows why I left home is because I was getting... I was running away from my brother because I stole the birthright. Everybody knew all that about him. His past was very well known to everybody. 
But that all now has changed. I'm not the deceiver anymore. I'm, I'm a prince of God. I'm, I'm Israel. Jacob learned that he couldn't prevail through this without God's help, without God's blessing. And that's why he asked for his blessing. He, he could ask for anything, but he asked for a blessing because he knew that God, at this point in time, he realizes that I can't do it on my own. I need your help. And we have to realize in our life that we can't do this life on our own. We can't go through the trials, even through the good times by ourselves. We have to realize that God's changed your name. You have a different uh, occupation. You're not a deceiver anymore. You're a prince. You're God's family. You're God's child. And you have to trust him and you have to learn that through all the deserts that this life brings, through all the problems and everything that you'll have to deal with, there's going to be a stream that God gives you. And God's going to have, he always makes a stream to where we can get water and bread and survive through. God says that we need to be a tree planted by the waters whose roots are into the stream, not the bushes that are in the desert drying up and dying. If we have that water source, that stream through God, we can go through the desert, we can go through the famine, we can go through anything with his blessing and with his help, but we have to realize it's all about him. It's all through him and not through us. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that we, we realize that, uh, Lord, you, you created a, 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 a great nation of Israel but it, it all started with one man that had to realize that you were in control. And that all the, the scheming that he had done, all the works that he knew he could do, and, and from everything, he, he was good at it. Lord, he was good at realizing how he could manipulate situations and peoples to get gain for himself. And, and so we realize so much that we are the same. We realize how we can uh, make this situation work for our better. We, we look at every situation trying to see what we can get out of it. But, Lord, uh, we, we've been changed. Uh, Lord, when we get saved, that, that old sin nature is not uh, in control any longer. We're, we're not bound by it. And we need to learn that we don't need to rely on our old self, on our flesh, we need to rely on you and your strength. Lord, I pray that we uh, realize that the strength of you comes through your word. Uh, and, and for us to be able to uh, rely on it, to plug into that power source, we need to plug into your word. Uh, Father, I pray that we uh, read it, uh, take care of it, and realize that it's, it's a special book. Lord, it, it's a special love letter from you to us. I pray that we, we read it, abide by it, Lord, and realize that the faith that is needed, Lord, to be able to get through this life is found in you. And I pray that you give us the faith and your mercy, Lord, and I pray that you also be with this next coming service. Lord, I pray that you be with Brother Brian as he brings the message. I pray that you allow us to be changed and to be willing to make changes. Lord, we thank you so much for all that you do. In your name I ask, amen.